You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ. And I am Chris. Welcome. And this Sunday, we're actually babysitting our nephew, so you might hear some baby laughter in the background (laughs) or some baby coughing. So don't worry, we haven't kidnapped anybody. (laughs) We have permission to be watching him. (laughs) So um, today we will be talking about um, situations that you may find yourself in where maybe someone is not fully aware or doesn't quite understand uh, your condition, right? So there's there's a specific event that happened recently this past week with you. Would you like to share that story? Who? Who are you talking to? <laughs> the okay. only other person here. <laughs> so AJ uh, had to go on a impromptu trip with my mother. Yeah, we went to North Carolina, and they just called me up and like, hey, do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. what am I going to say, no to my mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, I want you to like me. So we um, went up there, and... We spent a lot of time around a lot of people, and it was very uncomfortable because I'm not really comfortable with that. And Well, first, how was the trip? I mean, the trip was fine. The, the drive itself was okay? Well, in the car, your mom wanted to talk to me all the time. Yeah, like, my mom's a talker. <laughs> she's, she's definitely an extrovert, so she wants to just talk about everything. Like, every car that passes, she has a story about it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just being extra. But no, she just wanted to talk, just like any other normal human being. But I'm, you know, not normal. Some so. people communicating and talking is a way that they build yeah. a relationship, right? So I'm silent all the time, like either reading the news or just doing something else. And she's like always asking me, "Are you okay?" Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just not talking. Is that okay? I have nothing to say. I, I don't like small talk. Um, but it's funny. That that in itself has kind of always made me curious as to what really is small talk. You know, um, well... It's talk to fill the void. It's, yeah, it's talk that doesn't have any... But there's, I think, small talk like in a, say... In a party for work where you don't know people and you don't expect to know them for a very long time, whereas to maybe small talk with family members or extended family members, you know, the, these people that are going to be around you, especially people that are going to be around you for a while, that I would think that would be not pre qualified for. I, I think it's talk. just talk that you're interested in. You know, if you're interested in that talk, that's what it's. That's what makes it uh, important to you. Yeah, so so small talk is not very comfortable for you or having conversations that I guess maybe you don't feel um, as comfortable talking about or is that how you were feeling with mom? You're trying to feel the void? <laughs> yeah, it just, it felt 
artificial, I guess. It didn't feel like she was trying to get to know you? Well, well it wasn't questions like that. Okay, was, yeah, that's what I was so wondering, So what's your too. favorite music? <laughs> <laughs> it was just about just random trivia, like oh, okay. just, just stuff. And I have yeah. no, you know, I, yeah. I just didn't find any interest in that. But it wasn't, I mean, sometimes she would ask me questions about different things. Like, do you like this? Do you like that? And then I would have more of a response. Mm-hmm. But most of the time when she was talking about stuff, it was just, you know, yeah, and I've, that's always been, this, my mom's always like that too, even for me, when I would drive with her, she would always, <laughs> always talk almost the whole way through. <laughs> so, so the, the drive to the, to North Carolina was good, I think for the most part, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you ended up visiting my family there. I have um, an aunt and a cousin that lives there. And what was that experience like for you? I can. They were they were really nice. Did she tell you that you were stopping by my family first before you arrived there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's where we were heading. So, and that's fine. She just told me that we were just going to pick up something from over their house. I was like, okay, we won't have to stay long. And she got out of the car and she left me in the car. Yeah, she told and me. then she went inside. She started talking to them, and I was in the car for like. 15 20 minutes you know and i mean i was fine with that because i was just like i I don't have to be around anybody and then like your cousin came out and said hey you want to come inside i'm like okay well if i have to so we stayed for another 30 minutes when i went inside so and it wasn't until i i she asked me to call you and i called chris and chris is like are you still there and I'm like, yeah. And so she's, he's like, let me speak to your mom. And I guess he told... Let me speak to my mom. Yeah, your mom. <laughs> um, and I guess you told your mom that... Yeah, because when, when when you talk, when you called me, I noticed on your in your voice already, right off the bat, that you were not comfortable, that you were tired, and you had that monotone tone to your voice and i was like oh gosh <laughs> he's not feeling well <laughs> you get he's on the edge <laughs> and so and i just remember how you feel and how you look whenever you're uncomfortable and it's actually funny because my mom said that she started noticing you as well when you were starting to get uncomfortable and so she was trying to wrap things up but of course anybody in my family will tell you it always takes us two hours to say goodbye because there's just so I mean, much to I'll discuss. tell you that about your family. <laughs> I'm just like, you guys, we have cell phones now. <laughs> so, yeah, my mom was actually trying to wrap things up. And she, she told me that at first she noticed that you were um, starting to shake your leg. And then you started to um, fidget with your hands. And my mom's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to have to let you go. And my aunt's like, well, why? You just got here. <laughs> he's like, well, no, because, you know, uh, he's tired and he's, he doesn't feel really good. So... We, I, I need to get him, we need to get uh, a hotel and, and rest a little bit because we have to leave tomorrow morning. She's like, well, but uh, just stay a little bit longer. Um, let me guess you got something to eat. I'm sorry I don't have anything, blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, I really do need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so she, it was, you know, it was nice that I think certain things she was able to catch on. And she, t- you know, she told me about those things that she noticed that you did involuntarily and you do involuntarily. Whenever, whenever you're in an uncomfortable situation. So she was able to pick up on some of those things. But, of course, because she's not around you as much. And because she doesn't really fully understand, I guess, 
the whole uh, your whole situation and everything that he it kind of takes for you to be comfortable in a space um that it was a little bit hard for her to kind of relate mhm so it it did it, it made me feel good that she was able to catch those things when you were starting to get uncomfortable because it made me feel like she's actually at least paying some attention. She is paying well, attention. Well, because she's you told to. her in the past that <clears throat> I have anxiety. And... Right. And I've, and I've tried to, you know, be as informative to her about the types of situations you don't feel comfortable um, with people, with social settings, people you don't know, especially when you don't understand what people are saying. If you're all speaking in all all in an environment where everybody is speaking Spanish mm. and you have absolutely no idea what's going on. And even, I think you, you do a little bit because you catch certain words, but it's like, you know, trying to piece a puzzle together for you. So she, I've mentioned all of those things to her. And I think that uh, she did use some of that <laughs> when, when she took you on this trip. That's good. Um, did you I... feel like she was maybe aware of you in that, I... at that time? I didn't feel like she was really aware of it until I called you. Mm-hmm. You know, until after I called you, then I think her demeanor kind of changed. But I didn't... You know, when you tell someone you have anxiety, they don't know how severe that really is for you. Because... And often times they're like, you know, why? Because <laughs> you can be like, I'm having an anxiety attack right now. And they're like, oh, you look okay. So... Yeah. You know, nobody really understands what that really means. And I don't think I've told my mom what it feels like to have an anxiety attack. Although I'm I'm pretty sure that she's had anxiety attacks herself mm-hmm. in the past. Um, maybe not anxiety or some sort of um like when the when the child loses her child when the mother loses her child or mm-hmm. you know, they disappear for a second. That it is an anxiety like a, attack. A panic attack? A panic attack, yeah. yeah. I think that's what she's had, a panic attacks. Which I'm not sure how close they would be to... They're pretty much the same. It's just how how they come about. What triggers it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Hmm. So, okay. So, she... After... Yeah, after we talked after we talked on the phone, I was like, Mom, you know, Ajani doesn't feel well anymore. He's tired. He's not used to being... <laughs> and, and, you know, he's in a completely new state. He's never been... She's like, what? He's there? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I come to North Carolina all the time. I'm like, he's never been out there. He doesn't know anybody there. He needs to lay down and um, take some time to himself. So I need you to take him to the hotel or wherever you're going to sleep. He's like, oh, okay. And, and I asked her to please do that. <laughs> well, everyone's not as lucky to be in a relationship where they can call somebody and you know i wasn't going to tell your mom anything because i just want to make the other person okay Mm -hmm. um but you could you could sense it but i don't think everyone has somebody that they can rely on in each situation Mm -hmm. it makes it difficult if you can't tell somebody how you're feeling yourself Mm -hmm. so i uh i I was kind of thinking of the question, do you tell other people that you have a condition? If you're somewhere by yourself and you have social anxiety, 
and you've never told this person, and they're around a whole bunch of people, how do you convey to them that you're uncomfortable? Um, it For me, it's always something that I tell people about before I go out. Mm. So how would you go about, what would you recommend someone with social anxiety or BPD or uh, depression or any of these conditions? How would you recommend they go about informing others uh, about their condition, especially if they're going on a trip? I, I, I think sometimes they may be unavoidable and unplanned. Uh, why are you asking me? I'm not an expert. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. <laughs> I can only tell you what I do. Based okay? on your experiences, <laughs> if you have I, any. I usually try to keep it to myself. I, that's what I've always done in the past. When I'm very uncomfortable, I try to keep it to myself, but it makes me... It, it shows on my face, and it shows in the things that I do. You're very and easy to read. Yes, when I'm uncomfortable, I'll, I'll try to hide it as much as I can, but <laughs> that was the other I'll thing, get angry. That was the other thing my mom said that she noticed was uh, your facial expression, that your mouth was pouting a little bit. And yeah, <laughs> I, I will do frown. Do I will frown. I, I don't know what that is. It's just hard to hold those emotions in. You, Like I said, now I try to let people know before I go out, or I try to take some medicine before I do go out so I don't have to say anything to anyone and hopefully everything will be okay. Mm-hmm. But usually the people that I I go out with, I have some kind of support system uh, with me so I can always feel like I can fall back into that. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that we do hang out with are friends or family that already are aware of your condition. So, but you would definitely, I think it would, definitely be highly recommended to inform someone someone that you have an established relationship with even if they aren't fully aware of everything right to inform them maybe sort of how you feel in certain situations say for example if you were going to um, meet some new people say hey you know i don't feel comfortable all the time being around new people especially that i don't know can you please make sure that you're, you know, you are around me. You don't leave me alone, for example. I remember that was one thing that you always expressed to me and emphasized to me when we were meeting, when we were first dating and we were, you were, I was introducing you to my friends and other people. You were like, please just don't ever leave me alone <laughs> because I don't like that feeling and it's going to make me feel all the more vulnerable. And that's something that, and for me, it's something that was a little bit hard to, maintain in my head because i was because just Chris used likes to leaving people alone that's why because <laughs> i'm used to you know mingling with my friends <laughs> and not no. caring about the person that you're with no. wow okay no i just i've always had a i've never had a relationship like that where and i actually there was one specific relationship where my partner would leave me you know, we would arrive at a party and he would just go off because he was the social butterfly so he would just leave me go off and Say hello to everyone, and I would just, you know, grab my drink, uh, get my best friend that I was there with, and then we would just go to the corner, <laughs> and oh, then just that's, chat. Or... That's awful. Yeah, looking at it back, uh, it was a little bit not the best. See, that's what happens when you date extroverts. <laughs> they leave you by yourself. They don't care. Well, you know, 
back then I was a lot more introverted than I am now. But I think that kind of helped me develop, helped me grow a little bit and made me feel, and not made me feel, but it helped me be okay by being by myself, mm. I guess, in those settings. And I kind of had to be, you know, and we did have some arguments about it. And it was actually funny because one of the arguments that we had was because he, he was mad that I was in the corner by myself with my, my best friend at the time. Instead of going around the room with him. And so we had an argument about that because... Oh. So you were following him? <laughs> exactly. He... I was in his shadow, so he got upset. Come along now. <laughs> I'm like, do you even know me? <laughs> so I think we got a little bit off track there. Well, it's just when people don't understand or, I guess, choose not to be understanding. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's what I kind of feel like the guy was. He just chose not to be understanding. But lesson is always try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and... And always be communicative. Yeah. I think that's what has helped you since we've been together. Is that you've been very... You've been doing a really good job about communicating how you feel and what makes you uncomfortable and I've been able to pass that along to other people, yeah. including my family and friends. I mean, it's hard to do to let other people know what's going on with you personally, because you feel like... You don't you know, want to be treated out like... Yeah, and maybe it's no one's business, but it is, you know, if you decide to be my friend, you have to know these things about me because it's going to affect our friendship. Right. If you don't accept that, then you can't be my friend. So... It's just about telling the truth and and communicating with somebody. Yeah. That's very true. Yep. <laughs> That's my wise, wise, wise words. So let's say that someone, you want to tell someone, or maybe a group of people, how would you go about letting them know? Again, how am I supposed to know? <laughs> You're the what, expert here. I, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, what have you been your experiences and for you, do you usually tell people? I think you've usually told people one on one. I don't think you've ever. Yeah, usually one on one, just to certain select people. Um, and what was that process like for you? Did it make you nervous? Did it make you feel anxious telling people? Well, I guess nervous, but empowered. Oh, you know, so it made you feel good. Yeah, to let other people know what's going on with you, because sometimes you learn other things about the the person that you're telling them mm-hmm. th- this stuff to. Because everyone kind of keeps secrets or things about themselves to themselves. Right. And that's something that I noticed even within my friends. When I started telling my friends about you and your situation, that they were... I think they felt really... T- I'm touched or... I'm not sure what that word is, but they felt... They felt sorry for me? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> they felt nice that we were opening up to them, and then they in turn opened up to me. So they were they would tell me, oh, well, that's, you know, I've gone through depression because during this time of my life because this happened to me. And I've gone through this part of my, you know, this, um, this part of my life was really difficult. And so they opened up about stuff that they've never opened up to me about. And, and so I think... You know, it's one of those things about sharing where you allow yourself to be vulnerable to other people. 
if they're truly your friends and they care about you, they will take that, be thankful for opening up to them, and then in return they might opening up they might open up to you even more as well. And so it's like sharing those vulnerabilities helps create those stronger bonds as well. Yeah, so if someone doesn't know about your condition or what you're going through, maybe it's a good opportunity to educate them and let them know what it's like to be you. And when when we look at life through someone else's eyes, it helps us to understand just a little bit more about the human condition. So, yes. Yes, baby. So celebrate. That would be Trey in the background. <laughs> he said, yes. <laughs> um, so, you're opening up to people and you would do it one-on-one. It has been your, your, and for you, one-on-one is better. I mean, what's the other option? Tell a whole group of people and <laughs> well, assembling? Well, it's like, okay, friends, I have something. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess if you were dealing with these conditions, you probably don't have a large group of friends that you need to sit down and talk to. <laughs> Yeah, it's usually one maybe, person. Maybe <laughs> I mean, maybe some people are where they're not on your spectrum, and they're maybe a little bit below, but they still have some anxieties. They might want to tell them a group of a group of your close friends. Mm-hmm. And I I know that for for us, you tell me sort of vividly how you would feel when you would have your panic attacks, for example, when the first time that you had your panic attack, and you tell me you told me how you felt about your shortness of breath how your heart was racing, how it felt almost like a heart attack. So all those things, if you are very um, detailed about, I think it helps paint a better picture to other people to sort of help them better understand what you're going through mm-hmm. versus I just don't feel comfortable. I mean, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. So I think when you're talk- telling someone about your condition or how you feel, you want to paint as as mo as you would want to paint as a realistic picture as you can for another person so they can better understand you and and what you're going through. Definitely. You want to describe what you're going through. And maybe by describing it, someone else might be like, oh, I've gone through that too. I just didn't know it had a name. Right. So (laughs) Those have been a couple of situations for you that you've had in, in describing some of those things. And actually, even for me, you know, as I've been reading about... Your condition and and depression and anxiety. I've come across a few readings where I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like that sometimes where I have a whole list of things to do and I have every intent of doing them. And I when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, yes, this is the plan. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get home. I'm going to get started in this, this, and this. And then I get home and I'm just so tired and my whole energy just gets drained out of me and I just want to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I thought that was just, I don't know what I thought it was. But then as I was reading, um, I was reading this one lady's article about the impossible tasks and and how even the most minute, simple things that people are used to doing in their day-to-day life can, be, can become impossible tasks if you're dealing with depression. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm dealing with a little bit of depression. Uh, and that's how you know. That's how you learn. And so I think by allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you're not only helping you because you're letting others know about yourself and what makes you 
being a better um in a better position to be their friends but it also opens somebody else's eyes to what you're going through and what thousands if not millions of other people go through because you're not the only one and i'm sure that your friends and your family members are not you're not the only ones that they come into contact that have similar conditions to what you're going through Hmm. even if it's not the exact same there may be somebody who there may be somebody who really i said all cell phones (laughs) all sorry i just want to know who is that i don't know what that is oh that's my that's my tablet you're taking away precious time from our listeners my tablet is um cut (laughs) no i'm leaving it in there so people know that you're imperfect uh that made me lose my train of thoughts so yes the the theme of the story i guess it's really important to speak out because not only does it help you but it also helps other people right yeah you can educate other people and help hopefully keep all the babies well and not (laughs) coughing but you can let other people know what's going on with you and it might help them or or somebody that's around or somebody that they know. I have a, a really quick question before we go. Mm-hmm. So you've been through this experience with my mom where it was a very impromptu trip to a completely new place that you've never been before to meet brand new people that you've never met before. So and I, you, you I let me think, go there. Yes, you let I let me go you go there, there. by myself. <laughs> yes. You didn't even try to stop me. Yes, for a Thanks specific a reason. <laughs> well, because you know, in the past, you've gone to another impromptu trip with my mom, be it to a store just for a shopping day. But you went and you told me, you know, you felt a little uncomfortable, but I think for the most part, you were you handled yourself well and you you were comfortable enough, um, and you had a good time. So I'm wondering, you know. This situation, I know it was tough for you at some moments, but overall, would you say it was a positive experience? It helped to let me know that I can handle things like that. Um, I would have much rather have been at home. Yeah. Um, if I had a had a choice, I guess. I, well, I did have a choice, and I made the choice to go because I wanted to put myself outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, sometimes I wanted just to be at home in my room, but I was happy I got it I think over my- with and, and done. And I feel like, you know, I learned something about myself and your mom, and and that was worth it. Okay, so I would say overall it was a positive experience. Yes, then. Chris. What, I mean, what else do you want? <laughs> I just want to know, because, you Ten know... stars. Something- <laughs> because I think when you're, when you're an introvert and when you maybe have a mental condition where you think... You tend to think things in a negative point of view, in a negative light. Well, I'm just choosing to be optimistic about right. it. Exactly. I could be well, pessimistic about yes. it if I wanted to. Yes, but that's, that's my all, point. That's all that is state my of mind. point. That's my point that you have, you know, you you have a choice whether to go or not, and then that experience can be either a positive or a negative experience. Overall, I would say you had a positive experience. Would you concur? Yes, it was positive, and I learned a lot from it. You learned a lot from it. Yes. Good. I got a lot out of it. So I think, you know, maybe when you are... A good point to take away also is that whenever you may be confronted with an option to do something outside of your comfort zone, you know, maybe take that chance. 
Or not. I mean, you can always stay home. <laughs> you don't have to be a hero. But... Well, I mean, there are certain situations where you may not want to do, you know, say, for example, go on a cross cross uh, country road trip or someone, <laughs> you know, but I think certain situations say, for example, go out to the store with your mother-in-law or meet some, meet your boyfriend or girlfriend's best friend or something, you know, something that may not automatically say, yes, let's do it, but if you're if you know you're going to be safe or you're going to have especially that someone that can be a a support system for you i would think who want to say yes go for it would you agree yes try new experiences and see what life is like otherwise you won't know that's what i would say yeah i think that's good that's a good closing tip yeah so guys thanks for listening uh, if you really want to support our podcast, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive review. You can go to borderlineidealist.com and there are some instructions there on how to leave us a review. As always, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for sharing as well. We've noticed that our view count or our listen count has gone up a lot, especially the last couple of shows or podcast episodes that we've done. So obviously it's getting shared. And we really, really appreciate it. If you have any comments or any suggestions for future topics, also send us a message on our website. And we love hearing from you. Yeah, so that would really help. We love coming up with topics, new things to talk about. And really, it's coming from our lives and the situations that we go through and helping other people understand what it's like to be in those situations for people like us. So, again, thank you to all of our listeners. We'll see you next Sunday. It's AJ. And this is Chris. And we will see you guys later. All right, bye. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode... Why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast? Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.